Blog Talk Radio. Well, welcome to another edition of Book Journeys Radio. This is Angela Loria from Journey Girl Publishing. And every week on Book Journeys Radio, we talk about the process of getting your first book written, published, and promoted. And that is what we like to help people with over at Book Journeys Radio. So I always like to tell good stories. It is possible, and Dr. Rob Pennington has done it. He is an educational psychologist, a speaker, a coach, and, yes, an author. He is the author of Finding the Upside of the Downtimes, How to Turn Your Worst Experiences into Your Best Opportunities. And uh, if you are following along with the show and you want to check out Dr. Rob's website, you can go to drrobpennington.com. That's P-E-N-N-I-N-G-T-O-N.com. And you will find more about Dr. Rob there, and you can also listen here. So, Dr. Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about it, Angela. I don't often get get to talk about the process that I went through for the book, just about the content of the book. So this is an exciting opportunity. It's a little bit of a twist on, I think, what most authors usually talk about. But I always like to start by saying, tell us about the book first, so we know know kind of the journey that you went on and we understand the book. So tell us all about it. Well, the book is an autobiographical self-help book. It uh, is chapters about experiences I've had in my own life about getting shot in the center of my chest, about getting fired, about getting divorced, being audited, uh, caring for my wife with multiple sclerosis for 10 years until her passing, each of these graduate school lessons in life that I experienced. uh, Each chapter has uh, the lesson I learned through that and an activity for the reader to practice to save them the time and avoid the pain I went through in learning the same lesson. Wow. Well, I got to ask. Those are some pretty big downtimes. What? 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 Give us a couple lessons from the book. I want to know what to do if I get shot in the chest. <laughs> well, uh, you have to go to the first house with the light on and hope it's a heart surgeon, which is what happened for me. <laughs> Are you serious? Wow. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, I was walking home from the drugstore. The um, car drove by kind of slow. The guy got out. I thought he was just going to ask directions, uh, but he grabbed me and told me to get in this car. And, of course, that's a pretty uh, frightening moment. Two other men jumped out of the car. But the lesson was that I had been practicing for some years uh, moving through stress quicker, learning how to recognize when I'm having a difficult reaction to something and moving through it faster, moving for, for what I call the automatic stress reaction to the stress management response. And I was able to do that in just that moment by um, thinking about uh, what, is I, what do I need to do right now? And all I needed to do was just kind of back up. I got out of his reach, and then I asked, what do you want? And he just smiled and shot me. This was not something I expected. It was not part of my little movie. He uh, shot me in the center of my chest from about three or four feet away, and uh, that's the dramatic moment. Now, the miracles are that the bullet stuck in the uh, sternum, stuck in my breastbone. It grabbed my shirt and created wadding around the bullet, and I didn't bleed at all, and it didn't knock me down, and I think it scared the guys. They turned and ran away, and I turned and went to the first house with the light on, and the man who opened the door is wearing operating clothes. He was a heart surgeon. 
this is a pretty miraculous story, and, and the way the uh, chapter begins is it says, you know, uh, I was shot in the center of the chest by an unknown assailant with a thirty-eight caliber gun. It was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Okay. <laughs> and, it, it, and I, that got me thinking about how in most circumstances when we have challenges, when we have difficult things happen, we don't realize that there's also going to be opportunities available that would not be there otherwise. And sometimes those opportunities uh, are valuable and actually are maybe more valuable than the challenge in our ongoing life because that shooting story, you know, you wanted to go after that right away. And I've been a professional speaker for many years. It's a signature story. It's now the first chapter in my book. It's a very dramatic story. But underneath it is really lessons I learned about how I moved through the elementary school lessons in life uh, how I learned to breathe deeper and relax completely and reassure myself and, and look for some humor, uh, and doing that all throughout the day so that when the graduate school lessons come, I'm more prepared. Ah, so I see the distinction you're making between graduate school lessons and, um, you know, grammar school lessons. And I think it's interesting in reference to your book, but I also think, and tell me where I'm wrong here, but I think that's a great structure um, that you're able to kind of talk about your stories in, and I talk to my authors a lot about finding structures, finding metaphors that they can use to to build on to help um, tell their stories faster. So is that something you came up with during writing yeah. your book? Well, the, yeah, the idea that as a, I'm a psychologist, and so trying to communicate often complex concepts in ways that are easily understandable, one of the things I've realized is that your personality could simply be defined by the lessons you've learned and the lessons you haven't learned, the things you're good at, the things you're not so good at. And all your stresses, by definitions, are about your unlearned lessons. Huh. So uh, I took that model and, you know, took that into my book and used my own experience as a way of not saying, hey, you can go and do wonderful things and have a great motivating life, but hey, difficult things happen. <laughs> Life's difficult. You, you're going to have challenges. But even in those, there are opportunities. And mm. that just plants some seeds about there are lessons we have to learn in life. And sometimes the most important lessons come in the most challenging circumstances, like when my wife had multiple sclerosis. Uh, many, many people, millions of people are going to be in a caregiving role in their lifetime. I think pretty much everybody. If you're a parent, you're certainly caring for your children. But we tend to think about caregiving now and caring for a spouse who's ill or caring for parents in their elder years. And that is a major transformation in a person's life and, and taking on the responsibility, increasing responsibilities for others while still trying to take care of your responsibilities. And one of the right. lessons I learned in that is got to have help. And a lot of us have a big unlearned lesson making it difficult for us to even ask for help. And we make life mm -hmm. harder than it has to be because we haven't learned the lesson that it's okay to ask for help, that other, we want to help others. We're happy right. when others ask us to help them, but somehow we think it would be an imposition to ask them for help. And so yeah. one of my you know, chapters is about, you know, help. <laughs> and I see it. I mean, obviously it seems 
trivial to equate writing a book with uh, helping your wife with MS or dealing with being shot in the chest, but I do think that lesson travels across. There are lots of authors, wannabe authors, who haven't finished their book in part because they haven't asked for help. And whether it's asking a friend to read a you know, to read your draft or whether it's asking a, um, you know, a professional book coach or a publishing company or, you know, a graphic designer to design your cover. Well, and I, I agree. And I had that same, a lot of people have. I had the same problem. I had the same problem. And I um, didn't apply it to the area of writing the book. And so I wrote a lot of this book 10 years ago and um, didn't really know where and how to go with it, whatever. I had an agent look at it and said, well, it's just a bunch of stories. You know, it's, it's not really a book. And so that helped me see, okay, well, what do I need to do to make it a book? And what I came up with is structure about a, a real story, the lesson I learned, and an activity for the reader to practice to short short-circuit their life to get to that lesson quicker, that became the structure that then I did each chapter with and then did a summary chapter of all the lessons. And that then became the book. And uh, how long did it take you from uh, maybe not the 10-year part, but when you found that structure right. to when you finished it? Probably another year of first mm -hmm. rewriting back and forth with my business partner, um, probably ten times on every chapter, uh, and there's another problem because you know uh, you can get stuck improving your copy all the time and you never finish. <laughs> so right. you just have to like stop and say, okay, I'm going to go with it. But then I uh, hired an editor, and that was one of the best things we ever did. Now I was very naive; I've never done a book before, and I thought of an editor as just someone who would, you know, check the grammar and the punctuation and and that kind of thing. And I was very grateful that uh, my editor did way more than that. I mean, she would read uh, sections, and she'd come back and say, uh, you're trying to be funny here, but you're not. <laughs> mm. She really gave me good feedback. Uh, she would say, uh, you're making a point here. You made it two pages before. Which one do you want to keep? <laughs> um, she would say, this doesn't make real sense to me. What do you think about it being phrased this way? And, and those kinds of so comments. that was more of a almost more of a partnership or a developmental kind of editor, not just a copy editor. Yeah, she really helped with it being readable, and that was really wonderful because um, both my business partner Stephen Haslam and I we know this material. We've been teaching it for thirty years, and so we needed someone who didn't know our voice, who didn't mm. know the the concepts at all, um, and. And that was really valuable because um, in her reading it, she could really see where we were just making assumptions about what we were saying and, and help us um, say it in a better way. The, the way I, I say in, her, in my book about her, she said, um, her name was Jamie Fuller. I said she was also very patient in um, educating me. She helped me make every sentence more readable and understandable. She went way beyond cleaning up my grammar, which needed a lot. She helped remove multiple redundancies, fuzzy thinking, and confusing phrases that might have been funny when I said them but did not have the same effect when read. I will get credit for being a better author than I really am because of her talent in getting the best phrased idea onto the page. So how did you find her? Well, I had help from someone else, too. 
uh, I had um, my uh, graphic designer, uh, Suzanne Pustovsky Perry, you know, she really shepherded the whole thing. She just didn't design the cover and design the interior part of the book. She really um, worked with the original typographer to put things together, but she found me, Jamie. And and she really taught me a lot about the whole process of the project uh, and gave me guidance and education and overall, like, importance of the look and feel design, both internally and externally, that I didn't really appreciate. And I, I think it really makes a big difference to how the book looks, uh, the title, um, and how it feels inside. And so I was willing to invest in that because – I'm self-employed, which means I'm permanently unemployed, which means I'm always looking for work. And, you know, the purpose of the book is really to uh, make a new step in my career. Uh, It's establishing the brand and and moving in some new directions. And so I wanted to put as much value into it as as I could, and I needed help because I didn't know how to do those things. So what advice would you give someone who – Let's say they're where you were. They think they have a book. Maybe they have a book in their head, or maybe they have a manuscript that's, you know, unfinished in the way that yours was. How, what would you suggest to them to do next with that? Maybe they went to an agent like you did, and the agent said, this isn't a book. Yeah. What do they well, do? One of the first things I made, I think, is a big mistake, is I just focused on what I wanted to say. And I thought it would be beneficial to others, but I think what if I was done differently, I would have put a little more effort into who's my market and what are the needs that they already are aware of and what could I do to meet those needs. Because I think otherwise you have to kind of convince someone that they need what you have to offer, and that puts you in a hurdle right off the bat. So that's one of the things I would have thought about differently is who's my target market, what are their needs, how is what I'm going to write going to meet those needs, and and how do I speak to that in the most direct way. So that's one thing I would have done differently. The other thing is I would have realized that the purpose of the book is is not to do the get the book done, it's to create an opportunity to build a following and to work with the people who are interested in what you have to say. And in marketing and publicity, it's called a platform. And I didn't write the book thinking about that, and now I do, so that I'm thinking about how the book drives people back to more information uh, on my website. I did think enough to put one link at the end of the first chapter that sends people to a, a video of me talking about some of the concepts in the first chapter that I don't elaborate on a lot in the book. Uh, but I think if I was going to redo it, I would have almost every chapter go to additional information. Now, we're talking about a nonfiction-type book, but I think mm-hmm. in a fiction book, uh, a fiction writer typically isn't going to just do one. They're going to do a series, and, and they're going to want people who are interested in their um, brand and their um, characters and having a way to provide them more information about it on a website and get the person's email so that you can communicate with them. Um, in a way, building the platform is the purpose for the book, and that's a different mindset than I had b- before I wrote the book. Interesting. Okay. And what 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 did you do to really – Um, envision your book as completed? What would you say before you started helped you kind of cross the finish line with holding a book in your hand? 
Well, again, it goes back to help having friends and family, my business partner, all involved in the process, involved in giving me feedback. I think before I got people really involved, it would just kind of sit on my computer as something I need to get to sometime. So getting others involved in the process made it more a project I'm going to take through to completion. Um, some people have a great strength about completing projects. <laughs> That's not my strength. I'm really good at creating them. Uh, mm -hmm. Support and finishing it and, and getting it accomplished. And, and like I said earlier, you have to just decide to stop at some point. I, I would always want to kind of teach more, <laughs> put more into uh, it. And my yeah, I think like, that's, hey, that's another that's <laughs> the art the art part of writing a book. Um, one of the things I teach a class called the Coaches Book Circle, and um, when I was talking to my authors today in class, we spent a lot of time on understanding their why for writing the book. So did you have a vision of why you wanted a book, what you wanted it to do for you? What was your uh, vision? Yes, part of my motivation was to uh, restart my speaking career. After caring for my wife for a decade, I really had withdrawn a lot from life and from marketing myself, and, and now I need to rebuild that. And having a book is a critical piece of the pie in, in marketing yourself as a professional speaker. I'm a great speaker, but... People go, well, what's your book? And so I, mm. that was one factor. I needed to have that. The other thing is I have been limited in the 30 years of my work to helping people who are in the same room with me, <laughs> either as a psychotherapist or as a trainer or as a speaker. And I wanted to be able to have a positive impact on people beyond that. But, frankly, I was afraid. I didn't know that I could do in a book what I can do when I'm speaking. I'm a speaker. I'm not an author, I thought. And so that put me off for many years. Um, but as I started to write and started to get feedback from others about the value and the impact that it had, the difference that it made, just reading a chapter, boy, that really encouraged me to realize I can do this. I, I can put value on the page that makes a difference for people. And so that was a big hurdle over into a new way of interacting with a broader a population that I'm wanting to do. And so for you, what has been, like, has that worked for you? What's been the best thing to come of writing your book, and did it align with that vision or that goal? Um, yes. I mean, I, in fact, I've been overwhelmed with how powerful the book has affected people's lives. It's way more than I had imagined in my best dreams, Uh the feedback that I'm getting, the reactions that I'm getting to it, uh, how much people enjoy it, people reading it many times, people are buying multiple copies for their family members and people they care for, um, Bible study groups are wanting to make it a part of that, couples groups are using it, um, people who are involved in like support groups for an illness are using it. And I, as a result, I've developed a workbook uh, to go along with it and a facilitator's guide. Uh, and I'll work on developing a series of, of videos that go with each chapter. Um, so if I didn't have that reaction, you know, it wouldn't have created the opportunities for other product uh, as well as opportunities for other ways of serving people. So I'm just thrilled that, you know, it's really uh, rung the bell 
and uh, did achieve the goal of having the kind of impact with me not being in the room <laughs> that I wanted. And I think it also has helped a lot uh, in positioning me as a speaker. So I'm redoing um, speaking materials, also working with the media. You know, having a book is a critical component. Like I wouldn't be doing this interview if I didn't have this book. Uh, and so uh, it's opened up a lot of opportunities that were not there before. And I've won three awards on it, too, so that's pretty good. Oh, tell us about your awards and how you won them. Well, uh, you have many opportunities to submit your books to various organizations as kind of um, uh, like if you go to art fair, sometimes they have a judging uh -huh. system. Well, it's the same thing with books. You can submit your books to various organizations, associations. Um, I have a, a Pinnacle Award uh, for Best Self-Help Book of the Year. Wow. I have two USA uh, Finalist Awards, one for Best Self-Help and one for Best Nonfiction. And so this is coming from um, other authors, and so that was wonderful, too. I, I just never even dreamed that. Uh, but you just uh, submit it to various um, judging uh, organizations and hope for the best. And you talk about um, you're actually a speaker. You were a professional speaker even before writing the book, right? Yes, yes. And you're a member of the National Speakers Association and yeah. things like that. Mm -hmm. How um, can you give a specific example of a place where having a book has helped with your um, with that side of your business with having a speaking career? Well, um, I have product at the back of the room I can sell. Mm. Um, that has been important. Um, just little simple examples of having uh, a book signing. Normally, a book signing is just you sit there and sign the book, but my book signings are uh, seminars. So I had a bookstore. I did a lecture in the morning for about 45 minutes and then had a follow-up with a book signing, did a lecture on a different topic in the afternoon, a follow-up. Um, I had a, a church that had a book signing for me, and I was the, uh, did the Sunday sermon uh, as the speaker. And those all wow. wouldn't have happened without the book. Uh, so those are some examples of how the book has made a difference for me. Um, also, there's a you know, hospital system that someone read the book and brought me in to do presentations for their staff. Just um, a lot of opportunity with the book helps me brand myself. I'm even now using the phrase, I'm the upside-down doctor. Oh, I, I like the, that. That's I great. I help people find the upside of their down times. I help people nice. speed through stress in five steps in 15 seconds, one of which is to smile for no reason. <laughs> I like it. Um, that's that's so, the way I get through my workouts every morning. Whenever I want to stop, I'm like, all I have to do is smile. It makes a difference. Um, and so the book so, helped all, all kinds of marketing, publicity, uh, speaking. My whole career is now... Um, influenced by having accomplished this book. But see, the the book in itself, if you just have it and have it up on Amazon, that's just like a lemonade stand. You know, uh, if, if nobody comes by, nobody buys. And I don't think I knew that 
all the book did is got me in the game. Now I've got to learn all about marketing and publicity. <laughs> now I've got to generate an interest in it. Having it be good is just the entrance requirement. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so why don't you uh, just take a couple minutes to tell us a little bit about the downsides. What's been the hardest thing either in writing your book or promoting it or getting it published? Well, I did have a hard time. in the I self-published, and I read a lot of books, and they recommended a company, and I went with them, and they produced it and put it up on Amazon, but then it was not available. It was listed, but you couldn't buy it. And I would uh, call them, and they say, well, Amazon's having a problem. And I call Amazon, and Amazon said, well, no, they're having a problem. And so, obviously, they were in some conflict, and here I was having a publicity campaign already, and, and the book wasn't available. And so I eventually had to go back to them and said, you know, I need Amazon. I don't need you. And um, got out of the contract with them. Uh, then I went to CreateSpace.com, which is Amazon's print-on-demand company, and I would highly recommend people consider this for self-publishing because it was wonderful, you know, the best customer service ever, and I just have been extremely pleased. But that first process was very difficult, and I don't know how I could have um, gotten around it. I just was following the guidelines I was given and the research I was doing, the people who I trusted were recommending. Um, so that was one hurdle I went over. Um, but then and the how other about one, on the um, promotional side? What's been well, that's maybe what unexpectedly? Really, yeah, I've had to redo my website completely mm. um, because I want to have this kind of opt-in option where I give away free materials uh, and get people's emails so that I can build this uh, platform of people who are interested in what I have to offer. And I didn't have that. So if I was going to be successful with publicity and have a lot of people come to one information, I didn't have any way of capturing it and giving it. And so that's been a big change for me is reorienting myself to I'm not just a speaker, I'm not just a psychologist, I'm not just a author, I'm a marketer. <laughs> and I have to learn how to do that. And that's been this whole year has been really about that. Last year was about getting the book into print. This year is about letting anybody know it exists. And we, yeah, when and I, did your book come out? It came out a, a year ago, last August. Okay, so about a year ago. And um, I guess my the question I always like to ask authors is, if you were talking to somebody, and this has probably happened to you where um, you're talking to somebody who says, oh, my goodness, you wrote a book. That's so awesome. I would love to write a book. What's the most important advice that you would give to them? Start writing. <laughs> and don't evaluate it. Think of it more like a journal. I think what we try to do from the very beginning is we kind of edit every sentence we write, and that just makes it terrible. There's a book called Writing Down the Bones that I thought was very valuable. It just talks about get stuff on paper. Don't worry about what it sounds like. Don't worry about what sense it makes. Just get it down on paper. You come back later and look at it. You're going to come back later and work on it. Um, but just get it down. I just start putting words on paper. Fantastic. Then, then the second thing is get other people to look at it and tell you what they like and what they don't like. Uh, and you got to not take that personally. They're giving you valuable information about what's ringing their bell. Uh, and if you know what your target market is, then that's going to be even more focused activity. 
you're going to want those people to be responding. And I know a friend of mine, every time she does a book, uh, she sends out like five or six titles to a, a group of 25 or 30 people and say, which one do you like best? <laughs> you know, because she wants to know which one's going to ring the bell. The other thing I know is that it's important that you be able to get a book title that has a domain name you can get. Mm. And it's getting harder and harder. Um, but you want to be able And I noticed, you, do you have that for yours, or you just use yeah. your name as a... No, no, I, I do have Find the Upside of the Down Times. I have Upside Down Times. I have the Upside Down Doctor, spelled D-O-C-T-O-R. You know, I have a lot of things. I even have my name misspelled. as the Instead of Dr. Rob Pennington, I have Dr. Rob Pendleton. You know, so I've learned a lot about, um, you know, if you're going to go and get publicity, my goal is to have one radio interview a day. I listen to people like uh, Jack Canfield with Chicken Soup from the Soul, and um, um, the author of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Stephen Covey, yeah. Yeah, his his business partner. Um, both of them, I've attended programs with them, and they said, you know, we had difficulty selling our book until we got onto doing radio one day a week, one once a day, and then the book. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's great advice and just sticking with it and getting the message out there because it might look from the outside in that authors are just getting handed things, but most authors no, are no. are working for it just like you oh, are. Yeah. And, so, and, you know, um, Canfield has sold 500 million copies, but, boy, I have never known anyone who did absolutely everything, you know, that is possible to let people know about a book. I mean, he's he just an impressive marketer, and that's what I've learned you have to do. And so, you know, part of the rest of my life is going to be devoted to uh, marketing this book because it's just such a powerful way of saving people time and pain. And yeah, well, you have uh, marketed today, so uh, I would encourage everybody to get a copy of Dr. Robert Pennington's Find the Upside of the Downtimes, How to Turn Your Worst Experiences into Your Best Opportunities. Um, sounds like a great book, Dr. Rob. I appreciate your time today, and we will be back next week on Book Journeys Radio. Thank you so much, Angela.